Are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 29 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's episode is called Cheap. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Conry. Hey, Sandy. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jenny. And we are going to talk a little bit about why we think that you all need to charge what you're worth. So there have been a lot of instances in the universe lately pointing us to creating this podcast. Um, we need to have this conversation for ourselves. So that's partly why we have this whole often. podcast. We need to have it this. often. We have this conversation. We need to have it more. It's basically every day of our lives. We need to talk about this in order to overcome it. But we also see it as a prevalent issue within our community and within our customer base. It is so easy when you have imposter syndrome or you're new at something or you're insecure to feel like you can't charge a lot of money for what you're making. And so we wanna talk about why you need to make something that you can charge for, <laughs> that you can charge a decent amount for, and, and some of the biggest mistakes that we see folks making around us. There have been a few things that have pointed towards this. So, so a few books that we've read recently, and also we just came back from a conference in Boise for ConvertKit. It was called Craft and Commerce. And one of the speakers there, Nicole Walters, who is a wonderful, happy, flamboyantly amazing speaker and online entrepreneur, she talked about some rules for successful business, successful entrepreneurship. And one of her rules is that we don't do free. We're a business. We don't do free. And I actually disagree with that. And we have a different spin on it. And so we wanted to talk about her message, what we think is good about it, what we think we would change about it, and then to get into some tactical advice for all of you. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Nicole Walters because she was just a storm up there on stage and she just wowed us. Yeah. We and loved we're her. kind of fascinated by her and her presence and her energy and her just owning who she is and just being this strong, beautiful woman, not afraid to say anything. And it was really refreshing. That energy was really refreshing. She had the entire audience in the at the Convert Kit conference shouting out like, we don't do free. <laughs> we don't do free. And I understand her message. I understand why she's saying that. But yeah, so we're going to dive into when free is appropriate. Yeah, so let's talk about her message. So she has a whole bunch of rules, which I think are really important for new businesses or businesses who are in the early stages. This is the rule to me that stood out the most, which was that we don't do free. And I think she works with a lot of service-based businesses. That's what I suspect and folks who are giving away their time and energy for free. And so for those of you who are health coaches or yoga teachers, right, that would be you teaching a free class or agreeing to do a free coaching session or training session or something. And clearly you can see how that's not sustainable for you as a human being or as a business owner. But I think that so often, ourselves included, we get uh, sort of tied into this idea that we wanna serve people and we wanna serve people well. And for me personally, I still feel like I'm always learning, I'm still learning, there's still so much I don't know. And who am I to charge 
you know, X dollars per minute or hour for my time, even three and a half years into this journey. And her message to me on that point resonated very strongly. But I think that we need to clarify it a little bit because for all of us who are creating digital products and products that can scale, there is a time and place for free, right? Yeah, absolutely. There is just to go back some of the examples you just gave. She was saying like, if you're a photographer, people want you to take their headshot for free. And for us, it's asking for advice for free, you know, and, and sometimes Sometimes that is appropriate, but I think it's a real wake up call for someone just to say that that's not okay, that that's not okay, that you're always just giving, giving, giving. And it's a really hard line to draw in the sand. But in the internet marketing world, which most of our clients are in, we are encouraging all of you to give things for free a lot as a way to get them to know you, to like you, trust you, and ultimately to purchase from you. Yeah, so that would be like a podcast episode is free, right? Or a blog post is free. Oftentimes we're creating small packages, whether they're videos or, you know, PDFs, ebooks, or a free audio course or something that we recommend that you use as a lead magnet. And Nicole clarified this too. She said, that's not free. You're you're giving me your email address. That's worth something to me, right? So when you get a few years into your business, you're actually able to quantify how valuable every single email on your list is, right? So you can calculate what percentage of your list you're able to convert to a paid product. And then what is the value of that product, the lifetime value of it? And so essentially it's true. It's giving someone an email address is not free. <laughs> You're like that person is getting something from, from you overall by you giving them your email address because it's happening en masse. But I think that it's easy to mistake that advice that she's giving in the market, right? It's easy to be confused about, well, I have on one camp, I have people telling me I should be creating free content all the time. And that's how I build my tribe. We talked about that a lot in the podcast episode, a few back on tribes on tribe. And then um, on the other hand, you're, you're saying to me here, don't make anything for free. And I think that it's worth Mm -hmm. sort of teasing that. Okay. Well, let's talk about, do you want to go into cheap now? Like why cheap is not a good idea? Yeah. So we love free. (laughs) We've used free to grow our list, to build our community, to serve our tribe. And again, We have a relationship with our community such that if all you ever take from us is a podcast or all of our podcasts or all of our free content, and that's at the stage of life and business that you're at, and that's what works for you, and that's what you need, that's fine. There's no animosity there. All of that is given free of any kind of mental struggle on our part, right? Like we're fine with that. We've we've determined that we're making those things and they're free and they're sort of our gift to the community. We also have paid items for sale, right? We have software and we have the Soulful MBA course, right? So those are the two things that we currently offer that are paid products and those are not particularly cheap, right? So you're either free or you're paying a substantial amount of money to work with our business and that's what we offer. Now, what we don't offer is what I would consider cheap, and that's very intentional. So we don't have a $29 product or a $19.99 product because I don't feel like there's anything I could sell to anyone right now for $20 that I would feel good about making that either wouldn't be so much more than $20 that I would feel resentful (laughs) for the people who bought it that they only pay $20 for it. So the energy there is off. Or if I sort of half-assed put something together and made it $20, I also wouldn't feel good about that, right? So like we just simply do not have a product that is, you know, really under $100 that we want to sell and feel good about. But it's interesting. We say that confidently now, but we have waffled on this a lot thinking like, 
well, what if we just made something $20 or $29 we do waffle on it? We have waffle and then, on it. And then it's like, we just, but the hope is that because it's so low, you're going to do some volume. Well, it's only $20. They'll, you know, maybe they'll just try it maybe. And, but then you need high volume to make it worth, worth it at all. Since we've worked together, this is a point of discussion. We always land on, let's not do cheap. Let's make this significant. A higher priced product attracts a much better client. motivated, yeah. engaged yeah, client. That's right. um, and that's the biggest argument for me is you don't want those people who are kind of thinking about it or just sort of wondering, but are not committed to the process because they inevitably are the ones who don't look up things before asking questions. And they tend to be the higher maintenance clients. And obviously that's not what we want. We want people who are committed, who are willing to pay a good price for a good product, who are motivated and committed and just driven to to succeed. Those are the ideal clients. Yeah. We don't want to make something that's worth less than that amount of money. I don't have the time or energy or desire to make something that's not worth something in my mind, right? So I think that's why we've never done it because I can't imagine what we would sell for $20 that wouldn't be worth way more than $20. Like, cause we're not going to half-ass sell something, right? So it's going to be worth more than that. And then I just think the energy is off. Here's the other piece to this, which is that it costs just as much to acquire a client to pay $20 or $30 as it does to pay $1,400. And so the key to quicker growth as a business owner, whether you're online or off, is to sell higher end items because you can spend the same amount on your marketing budget in terms of time and money to get way more money into your business if you're selling a more expensive product or service. Often we don't think about it that way, but I can just say from data, the opt-ins onto our list from a Facebook ad cost the same either way, whether we're selling you an annual package to our software or a bundle versus we're selling you something that was like $10. Like we still have to pay the same however many dollars per opt-in on Facebook ads or on a promoted pin from Pinterest that we do to sell you a higher priced product. And I'd rather have the $1,000 product versus the $20 product for the same effort and energy. Yeah. And we have a 50-50 rule that we've started to tease out and we're making some training materials on, which is that like 50% of your time is on product creation, whether that's videography, creating a course, a membership site, an ebook, whatever it is that you're making for your wellness business online, that should be about 50% of your time in the beginning stages of your business. And about 50% of your time should be marketing that product, right? And so if you have a bunch of cheap products, you've got to, again, divide that marketing budget up, both in terms of your time and attention, but also your money. It's just not very leveraged at all. And it doesn't make a lot of sense from a business standpoint. Now, if you're selling something like a t-shirt, volume is really important and you don't want to sell too much for your t-shirt, right? So I get like there are instances where you want to sell something that's not that expensive. But for the most part, if you're looking to start to make a living from your business, from taking your teaching, your coaching, your training online, you're going to want to charge at least $100 or so for every sale. Yeah. And that's people, when we teach that, they're always a little bit surprised. And I've certainly worked with some of our clients who have created a membership and they want to charge like four or $5 a month. And it's just for the work of uh, creating a membership, the content that has to go in there, the marketing of it, and then the maintenance of it, adding new products new videos, new content in whatever form every month. It's ridiculous to charge $5. And also as a consumer, if I looked at a membership that was $5 versus 20 or 25 or $30, 
to me, the perception is that that $5 is like lower quality. I'd rather spend 20 and feel confident that I'm getting a really good teacher. And I know that this teacher that I'm thinking of wanted to do it just for pure volume. It's a low barrier to entry that you just, oh, $5, I'll, sure, I'll try that. In playing that game of quantity. Mm-hmm. And I know that she wasn't super successful. It's hard to get enough people to pay $5 to make that worthwhile. Yeah, you right? might like as you well. Have have a lot of people. Might as well charge 20 and that's like four right. people worth, right? So anyway, I just think the perception of it too is our teachers are amazing and quality and smart and doing this for the right reason. And I think it's super important that you charge what you're worth and make it substantial and make it important. Yeah, you need to honestly look at your products, programs and services and figure out if they're good enough, frankly, to be able to charge enough money for. And if they're not, like if you don't have something that at a membership level, monthly membership level, you can charge at least $25 for, then I think the work is not like feeling bad about that and trying how to, to figure out how to build your list bigger to get more volume. The work for you is to go ahead and figure out what do I need to do to this product, program, or service package to make it worth more money to my end users. And that is your job. Your job is to actually make it something that people are eager to pay that higher amount for. And if it's a signature product, like a one-time purchase, you need to figure out how to do that for at least $100. Now, this also goes back to the Tribe episode of our podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I, I encourage you to go back. It's just a couple episodes back. And in Tribe, we reference Kevin Kelly's famous article on the internet called A Thousand True Fans. And he has a formula for this as well, which is essentially the exact same formula we have, which is that in order to make a life from doing your art or selling what you create you need to have a thousand people who are willing to pay at least a hundred dollars for it, right? And that equals a hundred thousand dollars. So if you have a product that's less than a hundred dollars, you need a lot more people. And the more you can charge for something, the fewer number of sales you need to make to reach your target. And I think that it's getting increasingly expensive to build a list online. It used to be easy on platforms like Facebook to start to build a list for free. And then it was pretty cheap to do things like Facebook ads. And I, ha- I just noticed like as the months tick by, our cost per customer acquisition across the board goes up because these social media channels in particular are getting saturated with advertisements. So the more crowded it becomes on the internet, the more expensive and, t- and difficult it is for you to quickly add new people into your tribe. And so you need to be thinking about maybe I don't need 100,000 people on my email list in order to make a living, right? Or 20,000 even or 10,000 even. Like, what could I do if my list was 1,000 people? What would I need to do in order to create something that's enough value for that small tribe of people that they're willing to spend a reasonable amount of money on so that I can make a living from my craft? And, and that's where your mind needs to go. Like your genius and your creativity needs to be figuring out not how to build your list to be gigantic or your following on Instagram to be gigantic, but rather how can I create a product that somebody's willing to pay a few hundred dollars or even a few thousand dollars for eventually. And I think most people find that really exciting right. like to take something that they have have and let's beef it up. And don't we all want to be the best at what we do, like be the best version of ourselves in this role. And that means looking at it, like Jenny said, and tweaking it and, and putting it few, a few iterations to get to the best product that you can create instead of creating another one because that one didn't work. Oh yeah. Which we talked about that in episode one, right? Which is the danger like, oh my God, that didn't sell very well. Let's start again. But in fact, you should be focusing on that one product taking a look, talking to your um, students and clients and finding out what could make it better. What were they missing? What did they need? 
adding it and upping the price and just focusing on that one product. And getting better at marketing too, right? Because again, three and a half years in for both of us into this online space, I feel like there's a certain level of competence from having to deal with marketing every day for that many years. But I still feel like in many ways we're novices, right? Like I understand a lot more than I did a year ago even. And I have a lot more strategies and tools available to me. And I've learned how to use different email marketing tools and and sort of funnel tools. And we can talk about that later. <laughs> it takes time to learn how to market something online and offline. And it's, it's a skill. Like there's no genius. I mean, there are people who are sort of born salesmen or saleswomen, but nobody knows how to do internet marketing. You're not just like, you don't know that. It's not something you can just intuitively pick up. You've got to learn it and it takes time and you've got to, try something and see what works and what doesn't work and iterate. And it's different for every business, right? It is so different for every business, right? We just spent a lot of time putting together a social media quiz to help folks figure out what, what social platform is best for their business. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for those of you who want to take the quiz. It's scientific enough that if you and I were having a conversation and you were telling me some stats about your business... I would be able to give you my very specific advice for you in your particular situation about where on social you should focus your marketing. And that's what this quiz does. But what we wanted to to sort of show people is that there are specific tools that are probably best for your particular business model. So if you are a studio or a fitness center, you're going to want to be somewhere different than if you're an independent teacher, trainer, or coach for the most part. All of those factors go into, and what your product is, All of those factors go into where to focus your efforts on social. And that's just one example. Social media marketing is just one part of online marketing, which is just one part of marketing. And you've got to learn over time based on what works and doesn't work, where to focus your time and energy. And you need to not give up right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think we've said it before that it's at least at least six months to a year before you start seeing any kind of results. Like this is not a one week. Like knowing what you're doing. Yeah, you could get lucky if you have a big following already and you've already been engaging in like social media and social media marketing or you have a physical brick and mortar studio or fitness center or something where you have an existing client base and you've already been engaging in local marketing you're a step ahead, right? But if you're brand new and you're like, okay, I've only ever worked for someone else. This is my foray into entrepreneurship, you've got to be willing to invest the time to figure that out and what works for you. And it really depends on a lot of factors, right? So we could sit here, you could take our quiz, which again, we're linking to in the show notes or or in our Facebook group and we're doing a Q&A or something. You could tell us who you are and what your business is about and what your product is that you're offering. And we would be able to have a pretty good idea of where you should focus your time and energy, right? So maybe it involves finding someone who can give you that specific information. Um, or maybe it involves trial or error, right? But you've got to you've got to invest the time or money or both into figuring that out before you pivot and start something else. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. So all of this that we've been talking about really comes down to some money mindset issues, right? About having a fear around charging what you're worth or 
you know, putting an expensive price on something and wondering if anybody is going to buy it. Yeah, I just want to make one more point, Sandy, which is about this this sort of particular kind of client that we see coming onto our platform that wants to charge very little for, say, a membership or even a signature product. And I... I think we've talked at length now at nauseum about the impact to that particular person's business, but I don't think that we've talked about the market or societal implications of being cheap. And I think that I just, because of who we are and the level at which we like to have conversations and, and sort of how this podcast works, I think that it would be a mistake not to sort of talk about the overall impact to the industry and to the world by you not being willing to charge what you're worth. So it devalues if you're charging $5 a month or $6 a month or $3 a month or some godforsaken other amount of money like that for what you're, what you're producing, it really undervalues the entire industry. So I just think maybe that doesn't matter to you, but to me, it matters that if I'm charging something, if I'm charging something that's $5 a month and it's, it's worth more than that because it's involving videography and equipment and video shoots and, you know, a lot of other sort of work that to build out a huge following on social media in one of these instances that I can think of, like, what are you saying to the world and to the yoga industry or the fitness industry by charging $5 a month for that? Like, what is that symbolizing? And to me, that's devaluing the entire industry. And we have people who use our software who are single moms or trying to support their families or add a significant additional revenue stream into their families, you know, sort of operations. And what does it say that you're, you're undervaluing or devaluing the work of sort of an entire community of people? And I, you know, there has been a lot of pressure on us as a software company, this is again, soapboxy, to create a marketplace, to sort of have an open marketplace on our platform where teachers can, can sort of openly sell, and we would have to do a revenue share if we ever did this, but openly sell and market whatever courses, programs, products, or services they have on their Namastream site in this marketplace, right? And that students and consumers would come to the site and be able to pick and choose, right? Now, here's the reason we haven't done that, by and large. And it's that it's, it's a devaluing. It's a, what happens in a marketplace quite often, and you can see this if you go to fiverr.com, <laughs> what happens is that there's a race to the bottom, a spiral to the bottom, where it becomes a commodity. What you sell that shouldn't be a commodity becomes a commodity. And you're, de again, devaluing what everyone else is doing because there's this race to be the cheapest person um, so that you're going to get the sale. And I just don't want to, I don't want to create community for that. So until we can figure out a way to insulate our teachers from that happening, I'm uncomfortable with launching a marketplace for, for their programs, products, and services. I think that um, in that, situation, Seth Godin says that the, the little drop down box to filter by lowest price becomes everyone's enemy because everybody, yeah. you know, when you look for airfare or hotels, they all, you know, filter by price and you want lowest first. And so that's what they'd be looking at going, what's the cheapest yoga that I can get or the cheapest, you know, health coaching. Yeah. And that's, that doesn't do anyone any favor. No, it's so. terrible. Like, are you, do you really want to be the cheapest health, health coach in in North America, like, is that really what you want? Is that why you <laughs> have invested your life's work into this, this career? No, who wants that? And I, if you want to reach more people, then that don't lower your price, but do group work or create a course that's not, you know, the same price as your one-on-one -on -one work, or there's other yeah. ways to have bigger reach with your, with your teaching and with your, your message. So 
Yeah. And, and so this is where this is why the word cheap is so symbolic in this conversation, Sandy, because if you if your argument, if I'm playing devil's advocate right now and I am a health coach and I say, but I want everyone to be able to afford a health coach, then what you do is you offer scholarships and you provide a certain number of free health coaching sessions per month and that it's by application. And it is based on income or need, right? And that is something you can freely give of your heart and yourself. But then when you're charging for your coaching, you actually charge what you're worth. So there's free, there's, there's a charitable contribution that you're making, that that's sort of like your tithing or your goodwill. And then there's this other side where you're charging a, a fair amount. And I think you'll internalize that, th- that differently than just charging everyone a cheap amount so that it's accessible because that doesn't work. Like, let's just <laughs> like all indications are that that doesn't work, that that just externalizes the cost. Right. Because what does that do for you when you're no longer able to actually provide a real revenue stream for your family because you've devalued yourself and made yourself so cheap that you're only bringing in pennies on the dollar? Like, what does that do for your family or your investment in yourself to get your education. Like, what is all of that, right? And so t- that's why this, this word cheap is sort of the enemy to us. And we're supporters and fans of free in certain contexts. And then on the other side, sort of being high end or at least charging what you're worth. There you go. There you go. Soapbox Bam. stepping off. <laughs> all right. Okay. We're going to move into the joy and hustle. And yeah. um, so... For any of you who are listening to this and feeling some discomfort around having to raise your prices perhaps or sort of rethink your pricing structure or who are struggling trying to create a price if you're brand new, we highly, 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 highly recommend the book that's on the New York Times bestsellers list right now is the Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass at Making Money. And this book, I think, really helped both of it. First of all, she's absolutely hysterical in her writing and she talks about how like she really works through some of their money mindset. So how you view money. And she's basically saying it is a thing that we trade for. We used to trade bags of salt and now we use these little dollar bills. It is no, it doesn't have any more power than that. She just puts everything into context about how ridiculous we are about, you know, afraid to charge money or feel bad or guilty or whatever emotion comes up when you um, charge what you should be charging. And she has affirmations. She talks about manifesting. She talks about, you know, putting it out in the universe, but in a way that like, I am all about that stuff. You kind of struggle with it. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little woo woo for me. I'm just going to be honest. But I did enjoy the audiobook a lot. Like I felt happy listening to it and I like being exposed to those kinds of ideas. But, you know, you get the woo-woo way better than I do. And yeah, I, you but know, I that's, think that that's why as, we're good together. Sandy. As far as woo-woo, she's like low-end woo-woo. Like she doesn't push it to, it's yeah, not like straight yeah. up no, Abraham I think, Hicks. I agree. I agree. She's a little bit low-end woo-woo, but there's definitely woo-woo there. But I think our audience likes woo-woo, right? Not so low-end as in quality, low-end quality, as, <laughs> no, in, like, as in not to, oh my God, how do you like I, rate I woo-woo? I can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> okay. This is, so. this is like the soundbite I would pick to choose for this episode. She's not, she's just like low-end woo-woo. We should actually change this episode from being called cheap to being called low-end, low-end woo-woo, woo-woo and see what happens. In the oh my store. goodness! Anyway, yeah. there are exercises, there's affirmations. I have the audio, and then I had to buy the actual book because I needed to write in it and uh, go be able to go back and look and reread stuff. So that is the joy for the week: is Jen Sincero's "You Are a Badass at Making Money." Yeah. Okay. And then the hustle is a similar kind of 
topic slash book slash site. And that is Amanda Steinberg's Daily Worth. So she has a website online that's specifically geared towards women and specifically towards women and money centering on net worth. And I think that that conversation, the conversation that Amanda Steinberg fosters is the kind of stuff none of us want to talk about. So while listening to Jen Sincero's book is like fun, listening to Amanda Steinberg's book called Worth It is not so fun. It's a little bit more like sort of nerdy and technical about saving and investments. And but she her site is really great if you've not spent time on it before and you're serious about starting and running a business and becoming sort of a CEO and a business owner. Daily Worth is something you should you should know about. Subscribe to their email list. And she has a free webinar that's available on her site called Do You Have Roots and Wings? And she explains what roots and wings are in her book. Um, and we'll link, of course, to all of these things in the show notes. But I think that it's a it's a powerful conversation, especially if you're a woman, to have about understanding what your net worth is and where you are financially. And I think that will also help you to maintain your prices as you're launching your programs, products and services online, because you're going to understand how your business fits into your life and your larger financial goals. And so it's a little, again, it's like not as fun. Sandy did not enjoy this book very much, No, but, but it's an important thing. I think it's important to recognize. And I think Sandy, you're maybe a little bit more evolved or advanced with financial planning than most people are. Yeah, and so for I, me, I it was all very eye-opening. Right. I think Amanda's book is or uh, her book and her blog is more about like your life finances finances like long-term goals and like determining understanding the concept of net worth and, and figuring it out and how do you like switch that if it's not the way you want it to be. And then Jen's book is much more specific to like earning more money right now. Yeah. Yep. So it's they're sort of two they're both important. Yeah. And yeah, they're both important. One is more fun and light. And that's why we made it the joy. And one is more sort of heavy and intellectual and heady. And so we made that the hustle. And it doesn't mean it's less important. They're both important. And, you know, we're going to revisit this topic throughout the podcast because this is something that we all struggle with as business owners, ourselves included, right? Both with the sort of being willing to charge what we're worth side, but also then how do you manage the money on the back end side? So, you know, this is an important conversation for us to have. Yeah. And again, everything's going to be in the show notes, all the links. This is an episode where you should actually go and click the links and look at these, look at these resources, because I think they'll help you in your business. All right. That is a wrap. If you guys have a moment, we would love a rating and review on iTunes. If you want to head over to soulful.mba slash iTunes, Sometimes the rating and review is hard to find. And so we've made a little quick link. So that will take you exactly to the page. If you could just give us an honest review and tell us what you think, it makes a difference to us and our our ability to get this podcast out to more people. And we totally appreciate the phone calls, emails, PMs, Facebook, tweets, et cetera. They're awesome. But if you all could take those same things and put them into iTunes, it would really help other people find the podcast. So thanks again. And as of the date that this podcast is coming out, which is early July 2017, we are going to be in week one of our social media summer camp, which is a free four week online course in camp all about figuring out how to up level your business on social media. So if you haven't joined and you're interested, come on into camp where your counselors, there are kayaks and bunks for everyone. Bring a friend. You can find our camp at soulful.mba slash camp. It's going to be fun. Really fun. All right. Thanks. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample. Thank you.